Welcome back to 321 Backlog, the show where we play and talk about games from our video game backlog. This is Editing Alec from the future, and you're listening to part two of our Death Stranding discussion. There will be spoilers ahead, so be warned. Also, be sure you've checked out our Death Stranding part one episode where we go into more depth about the mechanics of this game. This is a beefy episode with some slight audio issues, and my co-host was a little under the weather. So bear with us, in case you missed it. Our game to discuss after this episode is Diablo 4, so stay tuned for that. Well, that's enough for me, so enjoy the episode. I'm still sick. Are you? Really? Yeah, man. That many? It's it's been like four months. It's been been two weeks, yeah. I think mostly my voice is kind of normal now, but I still have that residual hack Mm. and a lot of nostril stuff going on here. Dude, I I think there's some anybody that's from this area, please comment below. I think there's something in the air in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Every time I get up there, I, like I feel like I'm catching something, and then once I get down to sea level, I'm fine. I wonder what it is because there's like pollen count everywhere. Maybe it's a specific type of pollen that you're allergic Maybe, to. Maybe I don't know, or there's a lack of oxygen. I just can't handle it. I don't know. It, it looking at the allergen breakdown of that area it shows grass pollen which i think in florida is a huge issue not so much we don't have grass Uh, yeah (laughs) ragweed pollen is none but that's a huge allergen and then tree pollen is is low currently in blue ridge georgia i don't know it it, it was it was something yeah i don't i don't know what it was uh i mean if it was i don't think they're they're only at like I think that area, like 1,800 to 2,000 feet, so they're not a mile up. When I went to Colorado, uh, Denver, I I ran out of breath going from the hotel room to the car. Like, it was insane. I was shocked when I went to Colorado. I didn't even think about the elevation thing affecting me and then we got that we i talked to you a little bit and i was like oh no now i gotta worry about that right Mm -hmm. and then we went and we did some hiking and stuff and i felt like as soon as i started to get used to it to the oxygen demands we went up like another eight thousand feet in the in the sky (laughs) and i hiked it was part of a wedding, dude. I sat down at the end of this, like, just climbing a mountain up there. And I sat down for, like, 30 minutes just to, like, recuperate. And I, I mean, I'm not in great shape, but it killed, it almost killed me. I, I went, so the, the moment I basically got out of bed and started, like, showering and, like, starting my morning routine, yeah. uh, the, he- the headache would start. Oh, and you got to drink a lot day. of water, they say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all day. I'd have a headache, and I was there for, for just a week, thankfully. Um, by the God third rating. day before I left, um, like, it was it was nuts. It, it would not go away until I um, got back in bed for the night. The craziest thing that I experienced in with elevation was flying from Colorado back to Florida. Mm-hmm. I got, it felt like the gas inside of my body 
was trying to make me explode. <laughs> it was so I knew exactly what it was, so I wasn't worried. But it was, you know, you're on a you're on an airplane with a bunch of mm-hmm. people, so you're not even gonna try to get it out, probably. <laughs> but dude, it was crazy the amount of like just like tension inside of my body. And mm-hmm. as we descended, it it just went away. And I was like, yeah. I knew what it was the whole time. I, you know, but it's insane. I I when I, when I first started my job where I'm traveling a lot, I used to do airlines a lot more, but I've gotten to the point where I can kind of drive a little bit more. So I haven't, I haven't taken a flight in, in like, I think I took one flight this year. Would you be interested in flying more now? Um, I mean, I don't know. Not, not really. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll, we'll talk about, I, I see what you mean. I'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. No, I, what I was going with that was, I would only ever experience this when we were uh, descending was my ears would start popping and, oh, get and all that, that. Little, yeah. you know, That's uh, pretty now tolerable. leaving Florida and doing more driving uh, around and getting into the mountainous areas. It happened really bad in California when I was in San Diego because there, there's the, the elevation changes a lot, just how their roads are built, like going through stretches of the mountains and just going up and down over and over again. My ears start popping like every few minutes just kind of going on those uh those roads so i don't know if people like locals have that happen or if it's just us being used to the i imagine they probably do uh, because it's happening you know just with slight elevation changes Mm -hmm. up and down from so i would imagine it probably does but Mm -hmm. it seems unpleasant speaking of unpleasant i was gonna throw this at you beforehand but i thought no i'm gonna wait we recorded like i don't know 25 30 minutes of this part two yeah i want to throw it all away i i didn't all like right. it thank you <laughs> I'll, I'll add the sound effect no i i was not a fan so for people listening this is our part two dot two we were doing the second attempt at recording the part, two, part two, two, two revision one <laughs> revision one mm-hmm. of death stranding so here here's here's my pitch this story is convoluted convoluted it's bonkers right i got the most enjoyment in my playthrough when it comes to the story playing it through if that makes any sense so i so what what i'm trying to say is i think i would get less enjoyment hearing it because it's so back and forth and so weird to follow even while you're playing it yeah trying trying to run through the the story of it and the explanation is going to, one, it's going to be butchered and it's going to be confusing regardless. Yeah. So my thought is we can maybe just kind of go through like a few minutes of like how we perceived it. And then what I really want to talk about, which I think the a big charm of this game were the NPCs and the different characters and how you interact with them and i think that would be yeah. a little bit easier for us to manage and yeah. so that, that's my thought yeah how do, you, how do you feel about that i'm in it awesome so So I think what I'm going to do is we're just going to go off the Wikipedia for what the basic what the basic run through of this game is, right? And we'll maybe fill in some stuff, and then we'll look at the individual characters and how we got to interact with them, and and get our thoughts and our opinions 
on the characters. So this game is set in the United States following a cataclysmic event which caused destructive creatures to begin roaming the Earth. Players control Sam Porter Bridges, played by Norman Reedus, a courier tasked with delivering supplies to isolated colonies and reconnecting them via a wireless communications network. So the whole point of... Basically, it's the fantasy Wi-Fi. And I say fantasy. more, more, More science fiction, I think, would be over fantasy. So... Very sci-fi heavy, and it's this weird uh, uh, internet that I think we covered in our mechanics, or our, our part one. A little bit, aside from that, just some extra filler. Sam Porter Bridges is the main character that you play through, and through some story stuff, he gets called to help the current sitting president of the now... Uh, United States, which is called the United Cities of America, so the UCA instead of the USA. He ends up being the president's son, and you use the president's death to motivate your character to help them reconnect the country through... How convenient. How convenient, right? Through uh, um, waves of the supernatural beings and monsters and terrorists and all this other stuff and getting across the country. So you start around New York or or Washington, D.C. maybe, going all the way into California. So time frame-wise, the whole story is taking at least a several, mu- uh, several months. Yeah. Right? And along the way, we start meeting some NPCs played by, um, oh, let's see. He meets a couple NPCs. Uh, some big names are in this um, in this game. Mads Mikkelsen uh, shows up a couple times. The mocap for Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Troy Baker's in this as well. And the rest of the people I've never heard of before. Actually, no, that's not true. Leah Sado, uh, French actress, is in this. And we have some interesting uh, uh, thoughts on her. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Through, through connecting, you meet a lot of different characters across the country. Some uh, reoccurring ones being Leah Sado's character, who is fragile. Not fragile. Not fragile. Not fragile. Not fragile. Well, we also have a major antagonist um, who is pretty reoccurring, played by Troy Baker. Is he actually a baker? <laughs> oh, God. This is, this is the best. Once you find, let's see, because it's so, it's so con, it's so confusing. Why don't we just go over a character discussion? I'm, each, yeah, each I, character. Think, I think so. Yeah. I think that's a good idea because I'm sitting here thinking about, and and I should have written some of this down. I'm trying to map out in my head how to go about explaining this stuff, and I can already, I'm already seeing like the stutters and the trying to to piece things together so i feel like yes i feel like anybody that's listening to this has either if they have played the game then they don't need they don't want they don't need no. to hear us try they don't to need to piece it together yeah <laughs> uh, you're already you know you've already yeah. experienced it if you haven't played it then i i still don't think you should hear it <laughs> <laughs> i th- i think i think if you want to get a good dive into the story and you for whatever reason can't play it i would go find some actual plays on youtube or something and go watch like a cinematic of it this 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 story is very cinematic very episodic to the point where i believe they're working on a netflix series so henry cavill 
fuerzas. All right, so let's let's talk about the big the big main guy, dude. Let's talk about Daryl. Daryl. Daryl makes his appearance away from The Walking Dead and comes in to be Sam Porter Bridges. He yeah. is the same character as Daryl. Like he is portrayed exactly the same. Yeah. <clears throat> they definitely typecasted that guy pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean he does it well. Yeah. I also I remember he was in Boondock Saints. What no, was it Boondock Saints or the Boondocks? Yeah. He was in Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints I, I think was a ethnic. It was an animated. Show. Yeah. Yeah. He might have been in it. I never watched it. I don't know. Maybe I remember him in that, but I don't remember. I honestly don't remember a lot of his acting in that. But I think he it was they were like Irish or, or Boston or something. Yeah, I don't know if they were like, I don't even remember if they yeah. were Irish, Irish, but there's a lot of Irish presence in Boston. That is true. So that's the Good only movie. thing I remember. Don't remember yeah, much. It, it is. Um, I remember I, I enjoyed it. So that's I may not remember the entire plot. I remember the whole rule of thumb discussion with a big burly woman, but I remember that, uh, I'm somewhat of a blank myself. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Uh, wait, was that from that or was that from Spider-Man? Dude, honestly, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think that was from Spider-Man. Because it sounds like it could easily be from I'm something Saints. of a scientist myself. Oh, I thought it was detective or something. Oh, I don't know. Tell us. Uh, get get in the comments. Uh, I'll channel yeah, my Bradley Mullen. Yeah, it is from Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. This podcast but, is in the dumpster. We, you know, if you're, if you're coming here to learn all the nitty-gritty details, uh, you're not going to get them. So, with... <laughs> Uh, Sam Porter Bridges, you, you, this, this is who you're going to interact with. And I say interact with rather than play as, you can even though that yeah. is true. They're, they're, they get through some, um, there's some like fourth wall breaking Yes, that happens. Yeah. He like uh, pulls the camera in. Yeah. There, so you are like interacting in, in downtime moments where, when it's just, just yourself, just Sam in the scene. Yeah. He kind of interacts with the camera. So it's like you're you're building a relationship with with Sam, which is kind of kind of interesting and I don't think I know of any games that have done this to this degree. So I know like talking about fourth wall breaking, like I know Deadpool through like comics and movies and I think some of the older games did. Yeah. Which I'm not familiar with, but I think this one did it in such a way that was very I don't know the word to do it. It was it was it was very tasteful. It was made in such a way to kind of force, not force, naturally let develop a relationship with this character. So I, I thought that was yeah. really kind of interesting. You know, I listened to a couple interviews with Norman Reedus and with uh, Kojima and some of the other casts, and a lot of themes in this were centered around the loneliness that we experience on a day-to-day basis, and that plays through with Sam's character, because you're going on this on-foot, mostly, journey, Sounds great literally right now, from, coast, from coast to coast, yeah. completely alone, right? as in as in no one to really talk to to get a, a like a conversation going with you yes you do have, you have a little, companion necessarily yeah you've got you've got the bridge baby with you you got bb but and you could and and sam talks to him but there's nothing reciprocated yeah bb ain't talking back 
right? So it's it's a very lonely game. Jeez. Then when you flip it over into those fourth wall moments, it's like you've you've had this lonely experience through walking just countless miles mm-hmm. to we're going to satisfy that connection point between the person sitting with the controller and Sam through through little little interactions like if you if you kind of like in the in the private room for example when you when you pan and have him in the frame he is kind of just looking in the distance and then when you sit there for a moment he actually like like looks at the camera and gestures to do something yeah he'll like, like hey look camera at this and like yeah. hey yeah, yeah yeah like you guys got to see this kind of thing which well there's also like the big social media type of aspect to it too i wonder mm-hmm. if that's kind of playing into it right and and this was in your notes before and it's more of a plot point than a mechanic so it didn't come up in the last episode but you had a question about their watches their their their, their handcuffs their handcuffs yeah right so if i remember correctly how how it was explained i th- if i'm remembering correctly it was explained it's like your promise to stay connected in a world that we that's so hard to connect why does he connect it to the bed when he goes to sleep that i that i don't remember because they i feel like they did explain it because he did wake up and he had a reaction the first time that it happened of like oh why am i handcuffed and then it kind of washed over but i think the the presence of the cuffs was for the connection point but why he handcuffed himself to the bed um that i don't know if it got if it got explained but maybe a way to like stay grounded stay grounded stay connected even through through sleep wait what if i just thought of this what if it's so that somebody doesn't uh like purposely connect you to them or whatever while you're sleeping like take advantage of the fact that he's sleeping and then like bind a contract to him while he's sleeping what if it's like that could be i don't know but well, I guess then couldn't you just handcuff yourself to yourself? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't they do that? Like, they'll double cuff one arm. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't got, know. Yeah, you you've got you've got the cuff that is it's it's both sides of the handcuffs. One that's like essentially like an Apple Watch, right? It's how he communicates when he's not in front of a terminal that's connected through that that sci-fi internet. So that that he uses to connect when he's kind of like off the grid, so to speak. Yeah, but the other end of the handcuff where he connects it so it doesn't dangle. But yeah, I don't. I don't that's that's interesting. Hmm. I don't know. That's uh. I mean, maybe at Google know. would. Maybe there's a lot of yeah. discussion to it. I don't let's, know. Uh, let's see. Let's you know. I Can wanna, you look I that wanna... up, Jamie? That's branding. Cuffs. Maybe because of nightmares and stuff, he prefers to cuff himself to something to keep him grounded or whatever. Either that or when he falls asleep, he gets out of the pot and crawls over and cuffs him to troll him. Wikipedia says cufflinks are a wearable computer in the form of handcuffs worn, worn by members of Bridges, the company. They act as a health monitor for the wear as the color. They act as a they act as a health monitor for wearers as the color of the light they emit changes based on the wearer's status but why did he cuff himself to the seems bed? like the so uh i'm guessing this is a this is a quote from reddit user swimming campaign i was guessing that's how they collected blood from him when he slept honestly i don't know huh that seems because yeah, that, yeah. that's it that's interesting because later on in the game to get your blood bags you have to go through the process of sleeping and resting yeah so that that so could that be could be a way that, for him yeah. not to pull away and maybe mess up the blood, the, like uh, mess up having it taken or something. Yeah, 
You know, that, that's that gotta be, be it. That's interesting. Also, it's a Kojima game is another that's common true. response. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is interesting. Uh, helps monitor vitals when he sleeps, takes blood to transmit to the bags via the cuffs he placed, may charge them as well. It's also said that he has had nightmares since he was a kid, and they don't want to get into it in case of spoilers, but he does have nightmares and probably night terrors. It keeps him feeling safe and grounded. I feel like it's a multifactorial thing. There's probably a level of symbolism to it as well as yeah. the physiological blood bag aspect as well. Right. For Yeah, for like a, for like a game mechanic, it's the night terrors and blood bag and all that. The I think the meta commentary is like that Apple Watch uh, analogy or, or smart technology in general is like it's always there. And you're kind of handcuffed to it. How, how many times have you left the house without your phone, gotten to where you need to go, and and like like you're 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 almost to work. You get in the parking lot. You don't have your phone. Are you going to go in and work the whole day without it, or are you going to go back home, be I've late, never, so you can have your phone? Never left you. my phone at home. I have. You know, you're you're, yeah, you're never. You're you're busy. You're you know you're you're in the moment. Like me traveling a lot, I'll I'll be filling up the the car with with all my my suitcase, my tools, like everything, and then I'll get on the road and I forgot yeah. my shoes, which I told you about that. But I've had it where I got thirty or forty minutes down the road, and then go to text uh, my wife or you know check up on whatever because you you're always grabbing for it, right? And never forgotten my phone, but I, I wear an Apple Watch and I left that at home and went to work. And it's yeah. it's weird because like I even have like a little bit of a tan line from wearing a watch all the time. But yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying, but never left my phone at home somehow. Uh but it's also like it's how I play music in my truck <laughs> too. So I think I would know as soon as I got in. Another example, do you do you use do I do I you use a what? Do you use a do you, do you use your phone for your alarm or do you use an alarm clock? I don't use alarm clocks. I don't sleep well. Bro, you're killing me. All right. I'm trying... uh, <laughs> I know God. it's crazy. I know. Well, I've tried I've tried to stop dooms. I stayed up yeah. till like two in the morning a couple nights ago. Doom scrolling through Instagram and TikTok. I funny for those that are insane like me. And I should be sleeping, but I, I've got the phone yeah. next to me. I've got the world in my hands, and all I can do is scroll through garbage. You know, so I've tried, like, oh, let me leave this on the dresser across the room and see how I do. And it's excruciating. You know what I do? If I were you, it's, I it's would... It's crazy. Well, this is what I do. I just handcuff myself to the bed. No, I will... I'll play, like... Uh, <laughs> there, dude, there's a... Did you know gaming? They do, uh, it's a YouTube channel, but they go in very big detail about like just either specific games or game companies. Well, if I can't sleep at night, they do have a segment where it's like an hour long video of them just discussing facts about games. So you don't even need to watch, but you can fall asleep to it very mm-hmm. easily. I will just put on any long form content yep. and just let it be drone music. I've, I used to fall asleep with the TV on and everything like that when I was younger. So that helps me not think and, mm. and not watch and go to sleep. The first step is hand, no, a good hand idea. cuffing yourself to the bed. Um, yeah, I need to get, I need to get some cuffs. So yeah, that, that, that I think I is, do have is a job by the way, guys, anybody listening, I do have a job that requires <laughs> me to be up very early. I just wake up prior to that. 
every day for one reason or another. You've always been a really light sleeper. Back, back in the day, I rem- I would try making a, a calculated effort and attempt <laughs> to wake up while you were still sleeping. When we do like sleepovers for games to try to wake up and go do something it's without impossible. you waking up. Every time you, and it was never like, you know, eyes flicker open and uh, it was like, just yeah. so, so fast. So <laughs> probably something traumatic <laughs> happened to me when I was a kid. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, it's true, man. I, I sleep amazing. light and I wake up easily, but I it has gotten a little more human as I've gotten older. I also have like one ear that I'm mostly deaf in. And if oh, I nice. happen to fall asleep on my good ear, yeah good luck you know i i even i i could give myself 12 hours right the alarm set well in advance i i i can still come after that alarm goes off i can still feel like i haven't slept at all which there's some other stuff that i got yeah i was like restless leg and shit but go to uh get a sleep study done get i probably i probably need to it's dude, yeah. That's a that's a big yeah. That's a big issue for, with a lot of people. I got I, I got fat boy acne ap- apnea <laughs> acne. Oh god, <laughs> I got fatney. Um, bridge oh, Sam Bridges. Sam Porter Bridges. Do you think is... he has any sleeping problems? <laughs> Probably. I mean, yeah. he does. Uh, he does have to walk through the country, which is filled with ghosts. Dude, so... if you walked that much every day, you would sleep so good. Mm-hmm. You would, no. dude. It, he this Sam Bridges is an exercise machine. He's definitely. You find out later on. There's there's some heavy trauma built in there. Yeah. So, so um, he sleeps better because of that. No, no, no. I just think you know he he. I think the sleep he gets is from pure exhaustion. Yeah. Not dude. not from okay, it's time I'm a little tired. It's time to go to bed oh, now. Man. It's like he's you're going until you literally literally drop and he can't go anymore. Anybody that can sit down in the middle of like on a hill in the countryside, just sit down and like kind of lean back on your backpack and just pass out. That's a tired guy. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's exhausted. Which I could probably do. <laughs> I think, dude, could you <laughs> sit in that in a serene, quiet environment? I think I could do that. Some other some other little things about Sam. Um, he's got what's called dooms, which is like a disease, kind of like a disease, but like a disease like with a good powers. Disease. It's a good, yeah. It's, it's, you know, like so. Basically, he ha- he has a sensitivity, an extra sensitivity to this chirillium that we talked about in the previous episode, and it pre- it's it, it presents as an allergy. Excuse me. Dooms is an allergy that presents with things you can kind of do with said allergy, which is weird. So, yeah, I think all of them that have dooms, if there's Carillium, they is it the Carillium or is it the Carillium or the BTs that he's allergic to where he starts crying? He starts like tearing up. I I think it's the... the BTs. I thought. Yeah, I, th- I think you're. I think you're right. So when they're nearby, he starts to tear up. Yeah, and it's sad. Yeah, and then he also uh, bruised. No, the bruising wasn't from. That's just from being touched by anybody. That's that's just yeah. That's just a that's just a regular non crazy thing. Um, the other yeah. thing that presents with him, his level of dooms, makes it so he can like sense. Like he has like a sixth sense for the BTs. So when he's nearby, he can kind of like see without seeing where they are 
sense. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because I feel like this is like the first time in any kind of game or media or anything like that where the main character isn't like the best at it and he doesn't become the best at it. He's not like a god at the end of the game able to control BTs and yep. everything. He's not, he's, a, he's always kind of just the worst at it. Yeah. The, as you go through the game, the only, you, Sam himself gets no upgrades. You get gear that yeah, you get some cool you. pants. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that that is that's you know you play a lot of these games like we're we're also playing through have another we game we're no. playing through another game um <laughs> where it's very uh fantasy heavy and like oh your strength goes up or the magic you're using is stronger right so this one all your upgrades are like tangible equipment that you can lose but sam is just a regular guy you know yeah i mean yeah sort of but yeah, well, he's in, more regular than Higgs. True, true. And Fragile. Fra- fragilice. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll cut that out. That's ah, fine. Ah, right. Oh, man. And what, what else was Sam? I think I think we've covered Sam, right? Have we? There's, yeah, there's he's backstory. not a very deep character. There's there's more backstory stuff, but I think as we start introducing more characters, that might come up. Yeah, so he, I, think I mean, should, a, I think a lot of Sam's character. character is interactions with other people, right? Yes, yes. He does, outside of the whole uh, a post-apocalypse crazy phenomenon happening, he does have this condition where when he's touched, he does get bruised very easily. So... There, yeah. there are scenes when he's like shirtless or something, and he's, he's got handprints tatted up with handies. And that's what I thought it was at first. I thought it was like tattoos, or that's how like BTs that have grabbed him or I something. Thought that too, yeah, uh, right. But no, apparently it's like, oh hey, somebody putting their hand on his shoulder, like, oh how you doing today, right? Like those small interactions could end up bruising his his skin, so, but not his ego, because he's not, not as ego. fragile. <laughs> with that segue. You want to talk about some Fragile? Let's talk about some Fragile. All right. So played by Leah Sado, French actress. I knew her from the Daniel Craig 007 movies. She was in the, a couple of those. Never have I ever. You haven't seen those? Nope. He's a pretty good Bond. I, I think he's officially done, but I thought he did a, you know, I think he was he was good. But he, uh, she was her, that. but he, oh my God, pronouns. But she was his counterpart, like his, the ro- the romantic interest in those those movies. I think she was in two I of could them. see that. It seems like a so, very she 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 seems like a Bond character to me. Yeah, she she's 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 very pretty. She's I don't know if she's ever modeled, but I wouldn't be surprised. But she does a lot of French films. Uh, I don't speak French. Imagine that. Yeah, but I, I I if I had to guess, when she's doing her French films, this next bit doesn't occur because it's her native language. But I feel like an issue I had with her, and it also was the same way in the the James Bond movies, all of her dialogue feels the most scripted, which I don't know if we we talked about this before. It might have been in our our failed attempt at recording this, but you you, you know, understand what I mean by that? 
Oh yeah, dude. I feel like as I've gotten older watching any movies or any kind of media, I start to feel like I notice when something feels very unnatural. It's very yeah. it's very off-putting to me. I don't know. Yeah. The the script she was given, I think was fine, but I think her delivery, it literally felt like she was holding up her piece of paper in the recording booth and and just reading it line by line. It felt so mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> on all of her stuff. I think the character is interesting and the dialogue, excuse me, the the script I think was good, but I think how it was how it was delivered was was very subpar. I would agree with that. It's kind of a I think that's a Kojima's stuff can be kind of hard to like really make it seem normal or natural. Right. And then when you have the, you know, a second hand, I'm trying not to be offensive or anything, but when you have a somebody coming in where <laughs> where the weird English dialogue that they're presented with is in not their native language, right? So she, she's already not in a, 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 a first-hand English speaker. She's Dude. coming in with a weird set of, of, of things she has to talk through, but also, you know, trying to translate it in her, in her head and all that. You want to add to that a little bit more is, like, Hideo Kojima is Japanese. Right. So, like, you add that, and then you add... Because, the, like culturally japanese media is is very different from ours so you add that layer into a game and then you have somebody from a european country fill the character i think that all makes it yeah kind of but it kind of it kind of yeah. trickles down yeah not and that, that's interesting no no and it's, it's not with that let's see were there any other character traits other than for, being no i'm trying to think of all the other characters i don't know if there's anybody else that's portrayed in this game where english wasn't their first language i think everybody else was an, an english speaker so that there was just that one layer of convolutedness they had to get through you could argue that guillermo del toro's character wasn't a f well that's the thing with, we can with, move on. Um, with his character dead man it was it was only uh del toro's likeness but it was a completely different voice actor doing the voice. Right, that's true. Anyway, yeah, back back to back to Fred Fragile. So her name is Fragile. Yeah. And she was her I what was it her father named her that for something? I don't or, know. Or or was it that the company was named after her? So I forget why she was named she, that. She was named after her dad's company. No, I think <laughs> it was my the daughter other UPS. <laughs> No, it was it was the other way around. Her her father had name had 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 fragile given given them that name, and then started a delivery company to help connect the people in the UCA. You know, getting deliveries back and forth of supplies yeah. and stuff, similar and to what Bridges is doing. Daughter. And then named it after his daughter. So you've got the fragile delivery express How or something. There's no think, way no, that he named his. <laughs> Um, okay. okay. So yeah, she she's now the owner and main operator of the Fragile Express. It's no coincidence that your son is named Three Two One Backlog. <laughs> uh, TB for short. She also has Dooms, does. but has Better a dooms. Better? she's got a higher level. So where she, so BTS are fully invisible to everybody, yeah. but. But they interact with the world in ways that are that you can see. So they do have a physical aspect. So when they interact with like the ground, you'll see those handprints show up. So they they have a physical part to them, <clears throat> but they're invisible. So 
the average person can't see them. And then once you get into somebody with dooms, Sam can sense them. Uh, Fragile can actually see them. And I think this was kind of something I got really frustrated with. I would have liked to have seen maybe through her eyes, because there was one portion where you're kind of watching a scene that's only her, like a backstory thing. And I wish they would have seen, shown us what she's seeing. Because what we see is very yeah. like smoky and and yeah. not fully there. I would have liked to see something a little bit more. There, yeah. there is a there are the way later on down the line you get to see what they might look like, but it's never made canon. I don't think or 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 verified. But um, anyhow, um, she has her level of dooms. She she also tears up. She um, can see what they look like. She can see them and something else. She wears this like full leather bodysuit. Oh, very cool. And carries an umbrella. So. <laughs> Yeah. Why not, right? So you've got Leah Sado's character in a full spandex suit with like little spiky shoulder pads and she carries this funky umbrella which is like pieces of like it looks like triangular glass ever. Yeah, but it's, it's just to protect her from time fall, the 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 funky rain. But but I guess which which not I don't think is 100% true because I think it it, it is a teleportation device. I think it I think it helps focus where she's going yeah because when she's helping later on she you the this game's version of fast travel is having fragile use her ability through dooms to teleport herself and herself only instead of sending herself she can send you with some caveats but when she does that the umbrella floats in midair and like kind of points in the direction of where it's going, like to hone or use as like a compass to shoot you off into where you're going. So cool that we get fast travel, really frustrating that you can only transport yourself. So like any cargo you have or like, oh, you just upgraded a weapon or something that you have slung across your back, that doesn't come with you. Yeah, come it's on, fragile. Just you. Do better. <laughs> Upgrade your dooms a little bit. Get on the next firmware. And it, what else? What, uh, oh, so in, uh, I think in one of the first scenes, with her and she she her her bodysuit also in, <laughs> includes gloves so you can't see any any skin or anything from the neck down yeah you just see her face good hair thing. yeah and uh, i think i think in that first scene sam had dropped something into an area that was like time fall which you know if it touches you it starts to age you or whatever and she took her glove off and or for whatever reason had her glove off and grabbed it and her hand is like withered and looks like the hand of like an 80 year old. And it takes a long time in gameplay to find out what had happened. So once she took over Fragile Express, the delivery system and network, she started working with a group of- Old first move, Fragile. <laughs> yeah. So she started working with a group of individuals that were were no longer associated with bridges and were and were independent but then it turned out they were already terrorists or then became terrorists yeah if i inherited a business that would be my first move yeah well i think i think what was explained because it was a, it was like a whole betrayal thing between her and the leader of this group named higgs played by Troy Baker, that they were trying to help us out, but I don't I don't think they were established as being the bad guys yet. 
So it wasn't like, a, oh, I'm going to go, you know, hang out with the bad guys. They weren't was, openly I'm, like, hi, I'm a terrorist. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Shake, the hand, so, shake my hand, make a deal. It was, it was like a, it was like she needed help with things that were going on and trying to like better the UCA yeah. through getting people connected. And basically, what Bridges was trying to do, but she was doing it in a different part of the world or part, different part of the country. And then it turns out uh, Higgs was bad guy. So how she ended up being all withered and gross underneath her. God, man. <laughs> how she ended up being all all messed up underneath the bodysuit was once she found out that Higgs was betraying her, Higgs actually sent, I think, her with the delivery or someone in Fragile Express with the delivery of a nuke into a city i think it was her her i think it was her specifically yeah so she took this nuke in and then realized after she was already in the city what it was and i think she tried teleporting out with it but couldn't because she can't take anything with her in a panic move she then left it there teleported out and then it blew up dude i actually didn't think about that like why she, I always I thought like oh why didn't she just teleport out? She it's did. a very critical part of her story is that she can't yeah. take stuff with her. Right, right. She needs to upgrade to tier four. Tier four. Dude, so and I and I because she does little continuity thing, but I think it might be easily explained with like it's it's inconsequential things. So like when she teleports, she doesn't like show up naked. So her clothes come with her, her umbrella comes with her, yeah. right? But it's like it's like larger things that are like not like things you would I guess take for granted or like not have to think about. Like your clothes are just there. Yeah. So she tried taking the bomb with her. It didn't work because it was too much to transport. She left. City blows up and now she's blamed by all of like the central uca as being the cause of why one of these cities was completely leveled yeah after that i believe she tried confronting higgs if i'm remembering correctly she said why did you do this yeah why'd you do all this blah 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 and i think tried some shenanigans and like intercepting a delivery or something like that. Then this is where Higgs did his whole portrayal uh, to her was basically quick aside, because we're going to talk about Higgs or we can kind of blump it in here, but we should talk about them separately. Higgs is the leader of the terrorist group and he himself also has dooms, but like the highest level. So he can control time fall. He can see BTs. He can control bts yeah he can summon them basically yeah like he's like the 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 biggest of the bad right so because of this when he finally gets fragile and um kind of like kind of like captures her like you know gives her a task and then she doesn't do it he gets her with the bomb an, another bomb a second bomb and they're inside of, a, of one of these cities that is Hi. this guy doesn't change his tactics at no. all literally so, he's sticking to the terror which it's very weird and <laughs> bombs are like just laying around apparently because on multiple occasions you end up transporting bombs I don't I mean, know if you noticed that. They're, they're like, like still five there, or man. six times you end up having to transport a bomb. So in somewhere. the United States?
in the United States of America. That's crazy. We don't have bombs anywhere. I've never even seen <laughs> one. Anyhow, so he's trying to do, you know, blow up another city. He's got the bomb. He's got fragile. And he's basically like, look, so because you're not playing ball, you can take this bomb and you can teleport away like you did before. Or you have to get it out of the city or it's going to go off. He had her stripped down to just her her skivvies, her underwear, gave her this bomb and made time fall start. So that's what he does. He does that. Right. And basically the idea was the reason her face isn't messed up is and by the way quick quick aside higgs also wears a mask one thing kojima has been doing in this is time anybody has a secret or something they don't want to reveal to everyone they wear a mask so you have a couple characters that are masked throughout the game higgs is one of them yeah so uh higgs takes off his mask puts it on fragile's head Puts the mask on so her head is protected from time fall and then says here go and her choice is do i sacrifice everyone in the city so i don't have to get myself hurt through the time fall and just teleport away or do i run it out through all this time fall which will destroy her body essentially to save everyone and she takes the more uh, heroic path altruistic path like the good one selfless path and football carries this bomb right out of the city saving it i if i remember correctly i hope so jesus but you know she's now uh from head from neck to toe her 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 body is wrecked so she she from basically the neck down everything has like aged severely not a good look not a good look so so that's kind of her backstory and why she's all leathered up and she her main goal is like vengeance 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 against this higgs character and this is why which is kind of interesting yeah that's about how i would put it too very interesting leathered up i i thought you were talking about her skin at first and then i realized (laughs) no 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 because that would make sense too but all right who else do we meet so that's it that's it that's the whole game uh three two one out Okay, so in the order in which we're meeting a lot of these characters, I'm I'm gonna jump to I think my personal favorite, if not tied with another um, mama. Mm. So for a couple of reasons, and I think you've already alluded to the first one. Uh, she <laughs> she's uh, let's see who who is who is mama Megan uh, Qualley. It is Sarah Margaret Qualley. Margaret Qualley. <clears throat> Sarah Margaret. All right. So. You've alluded to the first reason, played by Margaret Qualley. I, I I need to see her in more things. She's she's great. She she's 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 very pretty. She okay. ends up playing two different people. The first of which, it's a set of twins. Spoilers. <laughs> it's a set of twins. The first one you meet is named Mama, and this is a good reason or a good time. You imagine naming your daughter Mama? Like how stupid is that? So this would be a good time to. Re- remember a lot of the naming conventions that this uh, that that Kojima used. 
So every character and NPC, their name is more of like a, a, a phrase or a word that kind of characterizes them rather yeah. than a name. So yeah. her name is, I think, Malingan, and she's uh, one of two twins, but she goes by Mama for reasons we'll discuss momentarily. So she's been one of the uh, characters you only talk through through your cufflinks for a while, and you finally get a chance to meet her, and she's in this like collapse, partially collapsed building, which has kind of like been made into like a workshop, and she's unable to leave because she has a baby BT. Did you get into that storyline at all? No, not at all. I've I mean. I... Uh, to reiterate, I did watch some explanations too. Explanations of the game and, and the cutscenes and the storyline. So yeah, I did know that, but I didn't uh I didn't experience I think it. I think this I think Mama's storyline was the only one that I the the I think Mama's storyline was the one I enjoyed the most. I think it had a really good emotional like hook to it and right. felt the like it I've noticed as I've gotten older and it's got more prevalent after I had kids that things involving children hit me a lot harder than they used to. And yeah. this one hit me hard. It, like it, it was really emotional uh, in a good way. Like it was, it was a great little story. So she's got a baby BT floating around. So you, you go into her workshop and you're this aura deck that it kind of like tells you when BTs are around like right mm -hmm. when you go in, just starts freaking out and it's like oh shit what's happening right so and it turns out that there's this little floating baby bt like it like a like a fetus like very tiny and it's attached to mama and it's like it's her baby and what we know about bts was they were a they were someone who have died and the bt that you're seeing is kind of the state they were in when they died so if they were an adult, you're seeing an adult-sized person. But out in the world, you sometimes run into adult and uh, little infant versions where it's like, okay, this was a pregnant mother. A BBT. A BBT. A baby be beached thing. So essentially what happened to Mama, the building she is in is the building, was the hospital she was going into for her scheduled C-section of her child when all the terrorist shit popped off that started this whole big bad part of what the U.S. is now. Right. And she's in the building, all these bombs go off, and the building starts collapsing and basically traps her inside, and she's there for, for I don't know how much time, days, maybe weeks? I think it might have been days. But she then has the baby, but can't get to the baby because she's yeah. stuck. And the baby dies, turns into a BT, but it's still attached to her. And like that was that was nuts to, to me. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting because I mean, I feel like that's a very specific circumstance to occur. So it's, it's right. pretty interesting. So, yeah, they they finally, um, you know, the rescue parties come through, get her out. And then the, the the all the BTs are trying to cross over. Right. They're trying they're they're BT. They get to their individual beach and then go on through the seam and then to who knows what. Right. But this one is still sort of like stuck to mama and can't really pass on. 
and in in it's not really explained but it's kind of inferred like the reason that mama's not and anytime a bt touches a person a void out happens because you got this like antimatter and living matter and they cancel each other out big bad things happen she's touching this bt and doing all the stuff and nothing's happening so it's like because it's hers and tied to her in this in this weird way or this very special way, the normal chain of events that have been happening all over the world aren't happening to her. Yeah, she's a special circumstance. Um, it's it's very interesting. It comes out later on that uh, she is a mama is a twin. Uh, her twin is named Lachna, and she is the leader of a different distribution center that you have to go help later on. Basically, the the how it's explained was they were both. They, they were twins, and when they were born, they both had reproductive problems as they grew up. So they each one of them individually were, were not able to conceive for a different reason. So basically, for for medical reasons that I don't understand, uh, but it was explained for those that you know are, are in that space, they both couldn't have children for a opposite corresponding reason. So what they did, Lachna fell in love with someone. They wanted to have kids, so they took, I think, her, her eggs and the, the the her her baby daddy's goodness, and then put it in Mama, <laughs> and she carried the baby to term. So yeah. the two of them That's combined, believable. yeah, the two of them combined were able to conceive a child using each other's um, um, pieces, right? So anyway so so it adds a layer of like sadness that the the baby that had had died in this tragic thing wasn't even hers it was her twin sisters that she was trying to help build her own family with and yeah like why was she so attached to it then <laughs> well so how it was kind of how they how they brought it about was a, a basically how i interpreted it is mama also sort of died when the building came down and for whatever reason this this building was like the the, the she it was almost like she was stuck in time like biologically okay. so her body was trying to to finish the process of dying and through this weird connection to this this baby BT and her staying in this in this um, building, it was not letting the process continue. And we won't go too heavy because it's it's weird either way. So, it also comes to find out that the handcuffs that everybody's wearing, Mama doesn't wear them. So it's a vital. It's a it reads vitals, right? She kept it off because she knew her vitals were not correct interesting it okay. was gonna basically it was going to read that her, she was dead yeah. but she wasn't so through the story you end up having to convince lachna her twin to join the uca and basically she's blaming the uca for the death of mama but mama never died yet and you basically strap mama to your back and walk her part way through the country to go visit and reconnect with her twin sister so weird very weird but through the process of her leaving for her to be able to leave she gives you a new set of handcuffs that have a special uh, blade attached to them to cut the umbilical cord of bts because every bt regardless of where they were in their life when they died so if they were an adult or a baby they all had this like ethereal 
umbilical cord to the other side. Even animals yeah. and creatures that don't have umbilical cords had it, right? So very, very interesting. So you cut the umbilical cord of her BT baby to let it continue passing on. And then it starts the process of her body dying. So the whole mission is for you to, to transport Mama to Lachna before she dies. Yeah. So they can reconnect for the last time. That's again, I didn't play this part, but I did see it was really it was really good. It was um, I really liked it. I mean, definitely I'm I'm, I'm missing out some pieces and some details, but the, the, the gist is still there. Well, so were they. They were missing some pieces, too, I think. Right. You said um, one really cool thing that afterwards through the com- this, this is one bit where we've talked a little bit about your travel between areas is very lonely as Sam. Yeah. This was a time where you you get a time in the game where you get to travel with someone, even though they're literally strapped to your back because they have to be protected from the time fall and everything. I, I ended up putting Mama in the passenger seat of the truck I had. So like wrapped as up. Yeah, pretty much wrapped up. So she was wrapped <laughs> very up. Very nice she was of you. Pad- it was it was very funny. So as we're driving to to see Lachna, she start it starts triggering dialogue from Mama, and it kind of adds a little bit of like you know you're not alone anymore. You can kind of like talk, have an actual conversation with somebody. But through that conversation, she talks about like it always her and Lachna always had like a, a special connection, and twins sometimes say this as well. Like you can kind of sense things about your twin right but theirs was like even more so and when she quote unquote died or didn't die that connection was severed so she's been without that twin connection for so long but before that they always felt like two parts of the same person and they kept bringing up that theme of like they were really one person split into two pieces right they had different color eyes which was interesting i think one green one blue they each had a set of their own colors yeah and for for a time being (laughs) for a time being and then once you deliver her to lachna they have their moment and then mama ends up passing away and then the next i think the next time after that when you meet lachna when you have a conversation face to face which again that's odd for this game you don't normally get to meet people face to face right lachna has two different color eyes like they've since rejoined to become one person again at least on an ocular level yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah that that i think was my favorite story bit between like for for an npc i think that was probably one of the best fleshed out ones i did like hartman which we'll come up to in a bit but mama was i think my my favorite little section of the game sorry i missed it but i I think i did grasp most of it Uh, like i said the videos i watched were pretty good yeah and just to reiterate i am happy that i didn't finish this game It man, it was it was it was a lot. I'm I'm actually when I started this game, I one didn't know what I was getting into, got really frustrated, and then kind of recalibrated, which I've said this a couple times. I kind of like recalibrated my expectations, and then I ended up really liking the game. So now Death Stranding 2 is you know on the horizon. I think the reason it was free, the the Death Stranding one, I think the reason it was free is because two's on the way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, that's going to be like, I'm going to get it when it comes out. Like it's already like, I'm Put it on your, on your backlog. I'm a backlog already. So I'll play, I mean, yeah, I, I'll play it. I guess. Is it okay uh, to do that? Is it okay? Uh, to... 
I don't know. Well, you know, expect in the, in the trailers, this, expect the weirdness and everything probably to get turned way up. Have you watched the trailers for it? No. Oh man. So in I don't know if I'll leave this in for for this recording, but fuck it, who cares? Yeah, just leave it in. There's a chance Higgs is still around. You, yeah. In the in that. Death Stranding one, the one we're discussing now, he never dies on camera. His name is <laughs> Solid Higgs. <laughs> Liquid Higgs. Liquid Higgs. No, no, so so he's basically killed off camera in any type of media. Nope. It's not real unless you see it, right? Nope. So there's a chance he's still alive. Um, Fragile doesn't have decrepit skin and also has short hair no she already had short hair but she she she's smooth she got the smoothness wow. back so there's something there lou is back yeah which i don't know if you know who lou is yet lou should be back yeah i think they're going to be a main character it's it's, re- it's real fun so I'm, I'm excited i'm 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 real happy and there's some other stuff that that they kind of teased at but anyway back on track we're gonna get through it so basically after the fragile chapter the chapters start moving along very quickly. That was like the most grindy one. And like, so for me, the timestamp of when stuff stopped going from like a, a huge grind fest mm-hmm. to a game that was worth playing, Mama was kind of that like turning point. And it got really interesting past Mama's chapter. Like as Mama's chapters picked up, that's when it was like, I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah, I found it strange then, like just if you're talking about connecting the networks, I feel like I had connected like 70% of the U S by chapter three, the UCA I'm sorry, yeah. by chapter three. And then it's crazy to think that there was this much that went on after it. So obviously right. getting to the other coast wasn't like the end of the game or getting everything connected. Wasn't like you're done. Thank you. Yeah. Once service. you connected, there was a good, I'd say yeah. two hours after yeah. that easily and i think they kind of they kind of tricked you a little bit because when you got to the central region the whole game is a trick in in fragile's chapter the the preppers the solo individuals that you were connecting like every single one of them said no unless you do this thing for me right yeah, I don't like people so like it's like that. oh yeah we have a task but then you have to go visit these three people but then each one of them are going to give you another task to then you know you had to go through that. And then when you get to the next section, you kind of had the feeling of like, I think they, the dialogue went like, oh, hopefully they're not as bad as the central region, but they all said yes, no matter what. So the, I, I feel like the, the fragile chapter kind of set you up to think you were going to have all these extra bullshit quests to do. Right. But it didn't. They was, everything was like, as long as you get there, it's a yes, I'll do it. And, and it lets you move on. So, so I think by then, your priorities are starting to change yes you want to make sure that you're getting the uca connected but you also have subplot and fucking terrorists to deal with right so it starts it starts to change on what is your what what your character's main goal is starts to get a little muddied So I skipped when you when you first start to interact with Mama, you go through oh Kojima, you go through a big tornado storm into like World War One. Wow. Yeah. I might have 
gotten this opinion from someone else's opinion of it, but I feel like they just did that to add action to the game when there was an action. Yes. In a lot I, of well, ways. I, I could, I could see that there were, there were three instances of where this type of thing occurred. It's to introduce a character that comes up a couple times, um, named Clifford Unger who has some connections to some other characters we haven't got to yet. So for this little section of the discussion, we're going to be talking about Clifford Unger and Die Hardman because they are actually connected in, in, in some ways. So yeah. So Kojima fashion, you get ripped from where you're standing into a fucking tornado and you're in like world war one. You're in a, you're in a massive war zone and you're seeing like, if, if the BTs you've been um, encountering, instead of just this weird amorphous humanoid shape, start adding ammo and Kevlar vests and helmets and machine guns, right? And you're seeing a lot more animation and movement and people running around or BTs mm-hmm. running around. So basically, it's just this huge war zone. And it's it's like... It's it's such a such a tone shift from everything you've been doing so far that it was it was refreshing. It was nice to get a little break from what you were doing, but it was very like, whoa. Yeah. There's three instances of this happening. The first one, they're estimating it's like World War One, then World War Two, and then like a roughly modern age. So and they do that by the attire and like camo getups that they have. The well the setting in the trenches. And yeah, stuff the trenches. You see yeah. like planes flying overhead, tanks going by. You can see how old they are. And every instance of this it happens three times. Everything gets a little bit more modern and updated as, as it goes. So it's to introduce this character named Clifford Unger, played by Mads Mikkelsen, who we see him a couple times through like flashbacks and things that I, I don't want to talk about kind of on purpose so people can experience that because it was a very good part of the game. It was he was really good in in this story as as a, as an acting choice. Uh, I think he's in anything I've seen him in. He's very he's very convincing in what it is he's doing. He's very good at mm-hmm. what he does. And I think that carried over into. I believe he won an award off of this game, if I remember correctly. Let me check my notes again. Yeah, twenty nineteen best performance uh, for this game. He got that award. Okay. So very very good. So I said he had a connection to Die Hardman. Die Hardman's like the first NPC hours and hours and hours before right now that you end up talking to. He is like the right hand man of the current president of the UCA, wearing a mask. Right. So. Kojima fashion, he's got something to hide. And he is... I also love how they came up with the name for this guy. So the game knows him as Die Hardman because when he was in the military, serving with this Clifford Unger, that's the connection, he always felt like he should have died in some of these missions and things that they did, but he always came out on the other side unscathed. So basically, they named him after the phrase of like, it's really hard to die, man. So he's <laughs> Die Hardman. Dying, no, by... di- dying is hard, man. That's what it is. Yeah. Dying is hard. Dying man. is not easy, man. Yeah. And you said that's played by Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's played, uh, oh, who plays him? It's, um, I forget. Let's just go with Bruce Willis. Yeah, but Bruce Willis, surprise appearance. Uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds with this guy. So he is, he's got something to hide. Effectively, he's 
Oh, see, see, pausing for a minute, I might leave some of this in. This is one of those things that talk about this character. There's so, this is when it starts getting real convoluted. It's because, been very straightforward thus far. Man. So do you, okay, so what do you, here, I'll do it this way. Because you, I, I played through, you watched some walkthroughs and stuff and discussion after the fact. Yeah. What do you remember, what do you remember about Die Hardman and Cliffhunger? Not much. I remember more about Clifford, but not a ton about uh, Mr. First Name Die, Last Man, Last Man, Last Name Hard Man. <laughs> so, all right, let me let me see if I can break it down in the most simple of terms. Clifford Unger. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, geez, Cliffy. All right. We're going uh, we're gonna, to we're gonna pause for a minute. I'll probably have like a record scratch. We're going to pause for a minute. <laughs> the current president of the UCA, who has since died making Sam Porter Bridges, giving him a reason to connect the network because it was his mother who was the leader of the free world at the time. So early days in Bridges' history, she was working on the Bridges project, the Bridge Baby project, to use the special connection that babies who were born to still mothers, like brain-dead mothers, but the babies came out. They have a weird connection to death and the other side, similar to Mama and her baby having that weird, like, are we dead or are we not? These bridge babies, it's the same thing. You've got a woman who's pregnant, who's either in the process of dying or has gone brain dead. They take the baby, put them in these little funky contraptions, and then you have this like like biocomputer of a thing that can help you connect to the other side through seeing these BTs. So Bridget Bridges fun was the 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 kind of the starting point of these projects. And Clifford Unger, not knowing the intention of Bridges, brought his a uh, uh, dying wife, dying pregnant wife, to Bridges for help, and his his baby became the first BB Bridges baby. So I said it was gonna—I uh, was gonna gloss over it, but I lied. So through it's the gonna game, bother me if I don't. You're through the game. Anytime you come out of your private room and it's doing its like loading screen, it yeah smashes to a cut a cut scene right of the perspective of the Bridges baby looking through the like little pod that they're in, mm-hmm. and you're seeing Mad Mickelson's character Clifford. Playing the father, kind of talking of, yeah. to the baby, or like looking over this like big pod, which is where the still mother was, mm-hmm. um, or like walking around the room, listening to music, uh, just like these these like partially partial segments of a larger scene where Mads Mikkelsen is in like an operating room. But anyway, so so that so the reason Clifford Unger is even there in the first place is he was looking for help. Bridges lied and basically experimented on this little process using his family not cool right so as things pop off and go crazy you find out that die hardman served under clifford unger in the military i don't think they specified which branch so sorry guys uh thank uh, you for uh, your service and then he tried to help things went wrong and it led to clifford unger dying so one thing they kind of bring up in another character's arc which is Hartman that each person's beach most of the time is unique to that person 
And Daryl likes whales. And Daryl likes whales. So what ends up happening is when you get large, large, large groups of people that die together or that die in a common shared way, they their beaches can like commingle and intertwine. So say that hospital where mama was, a bunch of people died all at once. They would all show up on like a shared beach walking towards the scene, right? But what, what they're saying with Clifford Unger is military personnel through the, the, the difficult times they go through, which can result to their death, they end up, their beach is like a battlefield. So through their life, they're fighting. In their death, they're fighting, trying to get to the scene, which is kind of interesting and yeah. sad at the same time. But so that so every time that you're ripped through this storm to interact with this uh world war one world war two and, and so on you're in a war zone which is the beach of this a lot of military members and this is where you meet uh, uh clifford unger through sam's perspective which is through this war zone beach so have i made a have i made a full circle so do you do you, do you have any thought do you have any thoughts on that you were uh no um i think i think it's i think it's interesting the idea of they're they're playing around this idea of not necessarily an afterlife, but a transitional period. That's what a lot of this game is playing around with. Which, you know, real world views, we, you know, that that's we're we're trying to keep it in the game, but it's definitely an interesting thought. You know, for for the, keeping it to this game, so we're we're on the up and up with everybody. You know about how it distinguishes between oh everybody just happened to be in the same circumstance so like a building collapsing you just get everybody there regardless of their background versus how clifford unger met his demise he was by himself mm -hmm. though he still went into a war zone is an interesting thought in the confines of this game yeah i don't think i got that necessarily so yeah I guess in a, like a retrospect, it kind of pieces it together a little bit more. Yeah, so I believe the times you met Clifford Unger through the war zone, it was near Mama's chapter, and I believe near Dead Man's chapter, leading into Hartman's chapter. So it kind of is. So basically, the through the story, you're finding out little bits and pieces as you go, and in between those war zone visits, you're you're learning more about other main characters and they kind of give you more info as you go and when he gets to hartman who who by the way is a quick like jump ahead to him everything that he like suggests or hypothesizes about the death stranding and like all this stuff in this world he ends up being like 99 correct in his mm -hmm. like hypotheses so a little little interesting tidbit there. So yeah, I think that I think that covers up but basically Clifford Unger and, and Die Hardman. We need to talk about Dead Man at some point. So who we're getting to see when we talk to dead man is guillermo del toro yeah but being voiced by somebody else but that's who we're getting to look at and yeah. right off the bat i want to call out like from the get-go that the visuals of these characters are very memorable they all have something that kind of keeps them in your head 
throughout the game, whether it be a, a pretty famous <laughs> uh, actor like Mads Mikkelsen, he's he's pretty recognizable. Or if you say so, or right. So this this is the Guillermo del Toro is pretty famous. I didn't know what he looked like prior to this game, but I know the name. But anyway, so for me, the big thing that was very like in your face is he's got this massive scar with like stitches, stitch holes and stuff across his forehead. Like okay. like somebody came and like tried to scalp him, but then didn't finish the job and then they stitched it back together. So like right off the bat, you're seeing this like, you know, very big facial feature and it's it's just like never really talked about until we get into the nitty-gritty of his arc. So in in Kojima fashion with this game, their moniker, their their name that we're knowing them as, is very specific to who they are as it pertains to the story and this world. So Dead Man, he was basically a dead man. As in, like, I think uh, basically he's Frankenstein's monster. Okay. So as they go through and kind of um he kind of helps you with some things with BB from afar, like running diagnostics and things. And he's one of those characters that keeps popping up in your recordings and stuff from from afar. So he helps you out, and you get to get to know that conversation and and, and have that interaction with him. But through the story, you find out that he was—I don't know if he was like an experiment or something—but basically, he was built. He wasn't born. He was made. And so therefore, when we're talking about the world and the big thing of this game being death and everyone having their own beach in death and having souls that move on and pass on, he doesn't have that. So it's weird. So <laughs> so anyway, he's pieced together, but the only the only thing you get to see as far as that like that physical represent representation of being stitched together is part of his forehead and i believe I that's where they like went in and messed with his brain and stuff if any of that was explained in any of the videos that i watched i was not paying attention or it just wasn't explained at all because that's all news to me so i, don't I heard think it here really, first and that's that's kind of why i wanted to do this little change last minute was because the story from sam's perspective like start to finish of what the the quote-unquote story is for this game Dead Man doesn't really have any, I don't have a good way to phrase this, but like, it's not that he doesn't have any influence on the story. He's kind of just extra. Right. Like, you know, he, he helps you with some stuff. Like, you know, if, if something happens with BB or as we go in the, in the, into the game, Sam names the baby Lou that he carries with him. So every time Lou has an issue, it's Dead Man that, that steps in and says, okay, I'll, I'll help and I'll fix it. Right. Um, he's kind of inconsequential, inconsequential to the overarching story. Yeah, but he's he's got a very good relationship with Sam on like a micro level. He also starts to plant seeds of potential doubt and questioning of the intentions of Bridges and Die Hardman and the president. So he's kind of the link between what we're getting to see and the motions we're going through through the through the game and and he starts to bring in like well some of this stuff isn't adding up okay right so for like your your little side plot b-roll plot he brings that into it so that's probably why some of these walkthroughs aren't going to bring him up much okay 
but I really think is an interesting character because he's, I think he, he himself calls what he is basically Frankenstein's monster. So all of his bits are from other people. So I believe his brain was from somebody else, his arms and, you know, all that, right? So, but that scar across his forehead is the, is the one physical trait that you, you see. He goes through it saying that he believes he doesn't have a soul. So he therefore would not have his own beach. When he dies, he's just going to die, which is interesting. interesting. Yeah. So none of that seems possible yet. Right. Right. And we, and we really don't know. So how many? Yeah. But for the most part, he ends up being a kind of just a break in the well overplayed die hard men coming in and saying, Sam, you need to go do X, Y, Z. So they, I don't know if it was the fact that I was playing easy or story mode, or if this is normal for every difficulty, but every time you went near any structure, you've got somebody either on your cuff link or in the terminal, it's like just just saying your name, Sam, come here, Sam, do this, Sam. It just over and over, like to a to a level that is very annoying. But Welcome usually, to Kojima. Yeah, usually it's uh, it's Die Hardman that's doing it. But I think they they kind of interspersed uh, Dan Dead Man coming in. Yeah, I got to break that up, but it was still a lot. He starts investigating the background in the background. He starts investigating the early days of Bridges Corporation and like the things they were doing. So we're, we're pretty far into the game. And this is where we're starting to learn about who Clifford Unger was, what relationship he has to Bridges and to Die Hardman. And he's like trying to pull at those threads in the background for you while you continue moving forward with getting the the country connected again so okay he, he's more of a plot device than anything else okay i mean a lot of the characters are just plot devices yeah that's that is true especially yeah anyone you meet that's not a main character especially he was also one of the few characters that would travel out in the world no normally you see him as a hologram but there was a couple times he wanted to see you in person so he would yeah. like venture out himself and and come uh come meet you in person there, there is a scene where just like our day-to-day -day lives we're always being listened to yeah. right on everything so are they in their world so bridges has always got their ear into even though it's your private room it's not private right so he actually comes to your private room to have a private conversation and he's acting really weird hard to explain without seeing it over the course of several several hours but he basically gets you into your shower so you can have a truly private conversation because that's, he's and he says that's the only place they're not recording uh yeah audio, audio I yeah. think it is right so very very interesting scene of uh the image of guillermo del toro and daryl dixon getting very it looks like they're getting very close and intimate in the shower while dead man goes through like you know die hardman's hiding things and there's a big conspiracy and you know like all this stuff yeah so he he definitely they definitely use him i think in a really good way of kind of moving that plot of like you know things aren't as they seem yep without making it, you know, too, like, in your face. It was really fun. I really liked that.
that's going to move us over to Hartman. So we get into Hartman when we get up into the mountains. So a lot of snow, a lot of rough terrain. The Fragile Chapter 3 was very back and forth grindy. This one, I think, was the heaviest in forcing you to walk and traverse and use the tools that you've been given over the course of the whole game. You've really got to put stuff together to traverse this area. It's real tough. I ended up spending quite a bit of time setting up a system of zip lines all through the mountains. Now, do so you I think... Kinda... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask, do you think that it... Like, you, do you think you spent more time setting that up than you should have? Yeah, you're shaking your head, yes. Yes, okay. ab- absolutely. Yeah. Gotcha. So I, I think because... You wasted time to save time? Yes. Well, I wasted time to save frustration, right? Maybe. So I, I, I think if I, if I was to go back and continue playing to like get more trophies and, and achievements and things, the stuff I set up would help that immensely. So I did take a little bit extra time to build out zip lines. I definitely, looking back, I definitely spent too much time because once you get to Hartman, and connect the few preppers right after him, it rockets you to the end pretty quickly. If I would have just left that alone, I would have gotten to the end several hours earlier than I did. But if I if I end up going back to do some more achievement hunting, it will help me out like ten so so much. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we get into the mountains. Uh, this would actually be right past finishing up Mama and Lochna's section because you because Lochna is like right at the base of one of these mountains and yeah. Hartman is going up it so so right after you take care of that the first introduction into Hartman is he he's very smart he's like a scientist type and he asks you to bring mama's body because she has since passed but she's got a bit of a weird thing because she's not what they call necrotizing and we talked about this in our mechanics episode our part one if somebody dies like if you kill one of the terrorists or the mules in a lethal way you have to go take care of their body but mama you don't she's having no signs of necrotizing no signs of decay she is literally still caught in time and just there perfectly preserved so he's like i want to i want to I want to see that. I want. I want to study it. Bring you got. But you got to. But you got to bring it right. Say, G- give me, give me that. Give me that corpse. This. I really did. I, I'm. I'm curious if you watched this through. Did you watch going into Hartman's house? We'll call it. Let's say no, but but with an asterisk on it. I remember okay. certain things about it. So, so but. Give me, give me the lay, give me the lowdown. Right. down. So I will say before I, before I go in, I, earlier I said mama's part was like my favorite, if not tied, uh-huh. it would be tied this with Hartman. Tied. Yeah. Gotcha. Hartman and mama for different reasons were my favorite sections of the entire game. Hartman's story is really interesting. So it gets, it gets explained basically similar to mama. He was in the midst. He was having something done in, in before the, the collapse of society and he ended up dying but came back so he was in the middle of getting a heart surgery and the hospital didn't get hit directly but the power system powering the hospital did go out so he was actually on the operating table chest open 
and died for like 20 minutes and then the power came back on like the generators kicked on and then they were able to resuscitate him that's a long so, time it's a long time it <laughs> was he's, oh, so, so he's brain dead now no so so and i might be getting the minutes wrong but he does he does a pattern of something i'll explain in a minute in three minute and 21 minute increments but i don't remember which is which so he was either dead for three minutes and then something for 20 minutes or he was dead he was dead for 20 and then does the three so it's it's either three or 20 minutes either way he gets resuscitated but while he was dead he was in the process of going on the beach with all these other people that have because like babes the, the terrorist bombs were going off yeah um so he was like on the beach and seeing all these people that have died and just walking into the water to get to the scene and he sees his wife and child walking into the water and he is desperately trying to so so it's a it's a really heartfelt scene he's like running to them and then you start hearing like that ring of of that the i don't know if this is like have you ever you're you're it's no surprise you're a nurse i think we've talked about this so far have you ever been in the room when they when they shock someone yeah does um, it make yeah, that yeah, yeah, whine have, yeah. noise does it make that that like ee, you know that so i've never uh, had anybody manually defibrillated before uh it's always been done by an automatic version right but uh, after there's still goes... a wind up but no it's usually just a quiet room okay so so but i so know from Hollywood movies and does stuff it? we're okay. very familiar with the frequency yeah okay so that's what you start hearing that noise and then you hear the shock sound yeah. and like while he's on the beach he's like being ripped backwards because he's being brought back Damn. to life yeah that's like he keeps cool, he keeps yeah. running forward and then shot back it's a really cool scene and also yeah, really sad yeah i got like a little chills you just tell yeah. me you know that like just the <laughs> thought of seeing that yeah that's pretty cool i did not see that scene but it was maybe i'll it was go back a, it was amazing nope that so you are bringing mama's body and you get up to the terminal so far every time you come up to one of these prepper stations or a distribution center and go to that terminal like the hologram of somebody will come up on the screen that's like yeah like almost a, almost 100 percent. that's usually what happens <laughs> except with hartman's he's got like an automated system so it's like you know like a robotic voice oh thank you put your thing here do this whatever and then you do that and it's like please follow the line or whatever to the right or whatever and it kind of like tells you to walk away and basically instead of uh leaving like normally do you turn off and basically go into his house so it's the first time you've gotten to actually go inside of one of these buildings which i wish they did more of but that's beside the point and it starts this cutscene of you kind of walk sam's walking in and kind of looking around you've got like it's very like smart luxury like like a lot of books shelves and um low lighting some some minimalist chandeliers and things like somebody who's smart but also wealthy like imagine that for like a uh yeah decor right anyway you're walking in and <laughs> just like that with a with a husky toolbox <laughs> a, in the back a husky toolbox bar so anyhow you're walking in and then uh right off to the right sam gets like startled there's like a life-size bt model like a mannequin but it's a okay. bt so and it's and it's cool so i wonder if this is what fragile and higgs with dooms that can see them i wonder if this is what they're seeing but it's never like confirmed but they're okay. like so take like a person 
and they're floating off the ground and they're like dripping with stuff, right? They're featureless, except for you can see basically a head, shoulders, arms, legs, but they're floating off the ground and it looks like everything's like melting off of them, but very like skin colored. Mm. It's gross, right? So you see that thing and then there's like three or four of them in the room, like on display. Interesting. So it's really weird. Anyway, so you you get farther into the house and you see Hartman over by this big, gorgeous window overlooking this this lake, frozen lake. And he's hooked up to like an IV. He's got this thing on his chest and he's just like in in this chair. Looks like he's asleep. And this counter comes up on the bottom of the screen saying like resuscitation in and then it's counting down. And once that timer goes, he gets resuscitated back to life. And turns out, ever since he's gotten to where he's at, his daily research is on a cycle of three minutes and 21 minutes. He's alive for 21 minutes. Then he puts himself into cardiac arrest and then goes and searches the beach for his family for three minutes in our time. But he's there for like days at a time because like time works weird or whatever i don't think that's good for your body probably not he does that every day 24 hours a day and he i I forget what the number was but he's like almost to a million times he's gone to the beach and back and that's why he's called Heartman. so he uses that that like the experience he had to basically recreate those conditions so he can continue to research and search for his family. Yeah. I don't, I think you would do that maybe one day and you'd be actually dead. Right. So, (laughs) so that's, uh, that's why he's called Heartman because he's constantly killing himself through his heart in the cardiac. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Well, so mm. it's, it's an interesting idea. Right, whether it could yeah. actually happen or not is a whole other story. There's some they, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say there's a medication that you can give that stops your heart and it has a half life that's so short. We just give it to basically restart the heart. It's like hitting a quick a, reset button. A, adenosine. Is it adenosine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh I wonder my wife had to get that once we was pregnant. I yeah, wonder. That was, that was yeah. a fun day. Um just, just I feel like at some point though you're gonna not restart, but either way. Yeah. <laughs> they they didn't they didn't go into like like the details like medically yeah, yeah. how it could work it's you know because it's for it's for a game and all that yeah dude. yeah I don't think Kojima is like you know consulting with doctors at, and I don't know if this if any of this is even possible I'm not a doctor but there they there's he's Jesus shown like Christ Craig of... I'm not a doctor <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it Jim uh, um uh, so so. He shows like a picture of like a scan of his heart and it's like slowly changing shape into like a heart, right? Like like what we draw as kids. Yeah. Also the lake behind his house that is frozen is in the shape of a heart, which is you know kind of cute but weird. Uh they, they do some more plot stuff with Dead Man snuck something onto Mama's body to give to Hartman, so no, but nobody else knew about it, except for Hartman and Deadman. They start talking about, and again, I cannot stress this enough, this goes into the weird, convoluted story that is Death Stranding in Kojima's brain. So they, for the first time, bring up the concept of what's called an extinction entity. Right. So 
which is apparently for this world a naturally occurring phenomenon and they're they're also hypothesizing that death stranding this is also not the first time this has happened one example because i'm not going to go too far is like ancient cave paintings where they have the handprints right and you would see that a lot yeah those weren't handprints that those were painted BTs. those were bts that left behind their marks that's oh, what this game is is saying there's also i don't know if this is accurate because i'm any any paleontologists that are listening get in the comments um they gave the same example of like you got these handprints and then a dolphin or like an aquatic creature but you're in a part of the world that would not ever be able to see that because it's so far away. So they think that they were on their beach and seeing these images. So then they did cave paintings of them and all that. So anyway, but the base, the, the main thing is like, they think that the death stranding that they're calling this, this phenomenon is not the first time this has happened. It's just the most recent version of it. Maybe they should have let it happen. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so I I will I'll, I'll confess once they started talking about like extinction entity stuff, which they call EE because they don't want to just give it, you know, a better name. Jesus, God, yeah. Um, we got BTS, BBs, uh, uh, EEs coming from the right? game, uh, Silent Hill game called PT. <laughs> no, not a joke, right? Oh man. So basically they start questioning if a character that I have yet to explain who the hell they are is what's called an extinction entity and not who they say they are. Oh, that that's Hartman. So before we move away from Hartman, the character I have yet to mention this entire time who you encounter in the game, like in the first five minutes, is named Amelie, which I hate how they pronounce it, is named Amelie. And this is Amelie? said... Amelie? How would you pronounce it? It's... Amelie? Yeah, I, I guess... Not Amelie? It's just... Not that Amelie. It's not a name that I've ever heard before, and it just, it doesn't roll off the tongue, you know? Like, Emily. It just sounds like you're mispronouncing Emily. But she, but how they, how they name, how it's told that they named her is like America something strand because this is supposed to be the daughter of the uh, president, which means yeah. that this would also be your sister as Sam Porter Bridges, okay? Which is the second half of like the reason why Sam was agreeing to do all this and trapes across the country is your mother, the president, died and is trying to do this thing to reconnect the country they've already tried they sent your sister amelie to do what you're doing and she got captured so now you're going across the country to connect the country through this chiral network but also get to the end of the rainbow and save your sister who's been captured by terrorists throughout the whole game anytime there's a a, a pause in the story or a cutscene or something it'll usually cut to something with amelie throughout sam's life but it's always she's she doesn't age it always shows her as like an adult you know i don't know mid 30s maybe in this you know red dress red shoes on the beach um talking to sam at various points in his life but she's always the same exactly the same yeah she doesn't age yeah. so at first it's like oh she's just being portrayed blah 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 whatever right 
So going all the way back to Hartman, he starts suggesting that Amelie, everyone that went with Amelie on this first wave to like do what Sam's trying to do has died. So they have no, so basically they're saying we've net, we've only ever encountered Amelie digitally through like holograms. Is she real? Right. So that's, that's where they start. Can you trust her? Can you trust her? Right. I don't like Um, Also, they mentioned that she is a, though she's a different age looking age, right? Um, She's a spinning image of her mother. So they look, they look like, you know, how some, some, uh, some people look very much like their parents. Should have named their mama. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, Bridget and Amelie look very, very similar. Yeah. You know, so just, you know, good genes, whatever. So, anyway. Sure. <laughs> so, anyway, Hartman starts saying, you know, we're starting to think, we know we know Die Hardman is, like, keeping stuff under wraps. We know, you know Amelie, there's something weird there, like, she, you know, they're, they're trying to poke holes in what's happening, because things aren't adding up, right? She's been captured. But we 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 can still basically she she's under she's she's been captured by terrorists, but we can still talk to her on the phone. Why? It's it's just weird. They're right? not really they're not they're nice guys, dude. They're, they're just nice, right? They're not jerks. <laughs> they don't want you to like they're trying to break the the we don't negotiate with terrorists rule. Yeah. They're like, oh man, these guys are so nice we have to negotiate with them. We need to bring up our our good friend, Mr. Higglesworth. Mr. Higglesworth, Higgs, played by Troy Baker, the um, most beloved voice actor from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog. They love him. <laughs> they 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 shit on Troy Baker being in everything. It's just funny. We we finally get to the end. Oh the, man, I don't like last, his face. His most recent like IMDb picture. He looks very very proper and prim. Nice, yeah. nice, you know, tasteful, tasteful facial hair. Oh, anyway. yeah. They, t- sorry, he was in uh, The Last of Us, but he was in the show, too. Was he in the show? I didn't he see him He had, like, show. a cameo in the show. Oh, uh, right? I've been wanting, I've Funny. been holding off watching The Last of Us until I play The Last of Us, which is stupid, because it's, that's a game that I want to play. It's on my backlog. It'd be Spoilers. cool if you had a copy of it. It'd be cool if I could play it on the go. Oh, I don't if think it's, it If it's on Steam, I don't know if it's on Steam. It is, anyway. but it's, like, bad, sorry. Oh, all right. Uh, it's the well, bad they did, they did, like the good, bad, and backlog. It they did like some uh, remastered and stuff. I don't know if it's any better, but don't you have a PS4 copy? Oh yeah, my man. <laughs> we should tell that story because it's that's that's wild, right? We'll, we'll get we'll be more at the end. Yeah, we'll focus on the. Okay, all right. Let's talk about um, Bigglesworth. Dude. All right, so Mister Higglesy Bigglesy Bigglesworth, <laughs> Higgledy Piggledy. <laughs> Higgs, named after I don't know what his actual name is in the game, but he calls himself Higgs because he sees himself as a god, and the god particle oh, yeah. is the Higgs boson particle. So that's where the name came from. Which is cool, kind of. Which is actually a it's cool a very thing. conceited name to make up yes. for yourself. So he's got dooms. He can control timefall. He can control BTs. He can summon them when he wants. It's pretty dope. I think he can teleport. Yes, he can teleport. Um, anyway, so you get to the end and you finally get to have this confrontation with Higgs. 
What if his real name is Peter Englert? Spoilers. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's, anyway. No, 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 no. It's it is. I believe it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's and you learn more. Um, I will say this, but so uh, this because I haven't done it, so I don't want to spoil anymore. All I'll say is anyone who hasn't played this or like haven't finished it, go deliver all your pizzas. Yeah, just come on, you're a delivery boy. Just get go your do, pizzas out there. Go do your pizza delivery. It it's apparently got some fun game lore in it that I didn't do. So that's all I'll say. All right, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. You have your big boss fight with them. This I think was the hardest fight for me dude shut the fuck up it was what did, <laughs> no, did you watch it no i just i searched for something on google <laughs> what is die hardman's real name die hardman born john blake mclean is the third and current president <laughs> <laughs> is this real oh my god is it i, I hope so dude I, it oh seems God. it's gotta be. I no, I think yeah. I remember uh, John Blake um, McLean. Yes, that's amazing. That's that's actually great. Love that. that. Was that was Bruce Willis' character, wasn't it? That was that was the joke. I thought I well, I mean, everybody probably made that joke. I want to I want to keep explaining it so it becomes less funny. <laughs> that's insane. Okay, oh keep going. God. Talk about right. Mr. Higglesworth. Mr. Higgs. Okay, so all uh, okay without going too off the rails because. He starts poking at Sam. He, he, you know, he's he's got his mask on, right? So he's a bad guy. He's That's like Guy Hardman. He's got something to hide. He's not letting on all the information, right? So it's not just that it's a cool-looking mask, because it is. It's telling the audience that there's more behind the mask, right? Right. Behind the character. So you connect the last city to the UCA. Pig shows up summoning or creating, I don't quite know, this huge BT, like Titan sized. It's absolutely huge. Humanoid shape, right? Two arms, two legs. Instead of his head, it's got like a hand. Yeah. It's real weird. And in the center of it, like in his chest, is Amelie, the red dressed sister of Sam. Like, like there as like a power source it's very strange unconscious i believe and anyway and then higgs i don't know assumes like the head position or something and then you start fighting it so he tries to like throw things at you and all this stuff you shoot with with guns whatever just on your normal boss fight you corner him win the fight but then he kills you so (laughs) he like his bt goes down higgs gets to the ground and then just shoots you a bunch. And then Sam dies, but he comes back to life because we I think we talked about this in the in our part one. He's what's called a, a repatriate. Sam just revives himself. It's like a special thing that he can do. You know, he's he's got plot armor. Yeah. <clears throat> so he from there, oh, was it there? Hold on. Yeah. So Higgs kills you, and from there. You go into your beach like you have done numerous times throughout this game. And Amelie's there. And you start trying to... And Amelie starts trying to break down the things that have been going on. And is helping Sam leave the beach, basically. So you... It's a weird scene, because I... 
I'll be honest with you. I knew for a while that uh, Sam and Amelie were siblings. Right. Through what the story has told us. But it almost felt like a romantic thing. It, it wasn't. But, but it, it was, was just weird. Strangely, especially yeah. with the the beach. Yeah, they, they were like running on the beach and stuff. Yeah. It was this really awkward scene. They sh- they could have done without it. I didn't like it at all. Um, anyway, they're, they're running through this beach, and then they come over this little hill, and then we see... Now, we're in the beach, so this is like people where the dead live. We see Bridget, Bridges, the president, and being in, in, then in front of her, we have Die Hardman holding a gun at Bridget, which is like weird. So it's like it's weirdness going on. So, and then Clifford Unger comes out of the sea to confront them both. And I'm not joking. The, 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 the Mads Mikkelsen's character walks out of the ocean, out of the seam, uh, looks at Die Hardman, says John, as in he recognizes him. So you, you, then it's now cluing you into like them having a history. Then all hell breaks loose. And then that's, I think the third war zone you go into. That is so confusing. The whole game, the whole game. Yeah. So I want to, I want to wrap this up and, and tie with a bow. So we, we have some kind of episode that's not absolute dog shit. Pin in it. And we, yeah. So through Unger, Clifford Unger and the battlefields, he's been consistently trying to get BB back away from Sam through the whole game. We don't know that BB was Unger's baby, right? It was that first baby. It's, it's implied that the BB we have is the same BB that we were looking through and seeing Clifford Unger in those early days. Right. So he's not crossing over. He's in that constant war zone because he's trying to get his kid back. That's his whole motivation. So it finally comes into into play as really meaning something on this last introduction to him. Because, you know, it basically every, every time he's introduced, he's got a posse of like skeleton warriors with him that like have guns and, and armor. You fight them off, you get him down and defeat him. And then normally you get sucked out of the thing and you revive. Um, but this time, Sam actually like sits down with like you fight him normal but then afterwards after you've won you sit down with him and he's basically just pleading to get the baby back and sam finally hands him over and then i believe that's when i believe that's when he just wakes up (laughs) well we took too long to talk about this game it's a tough one because i i I remember most of the scenes pretty well and i liked them a lot but the order in which i mean you i mean you remember the cutscenes were like there were some that were 90 minutes there is a collection of the cutscenes on YouTube, and it is eleven hours and twenty minutes long. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's yeah. that's crazy to try and like, like here's what we played today. Here's what we think because there's so much. Right. I'm gonna say it happened this way. It doesn't really matter, but through through the game, and mostly when you come out of your private room, you get to see those glimpses of Clifford Unger in that hospital room. Mm-hmm. On this last encounter where Sam finally gives over BB, Lou, it flips to, instead of seeing the scene unfold from the eyes of a baby inside of a big, you know, uh, uh, jar, <laughs> um, 
you actually see it as like a cinematic thing. So it's like the camera's moved out and it's like showing the scene going on rather than through the eyes of a character. Right. Okay. You see that John Blake McLean, die hardman. John man, Blake man, McLean man, hard man. Without his mask hard is, man. is coming in to meet Clifford Unger in like a, I didn't, you know, they, you know, I, I, I'm surprised to see you here what's going on i didn't know it was your family we were helping quote unquote and die hardman starts getting guilty about what's happening because he knows that bridges is like doing experimentations on the family the, the mother and the child to be that first bridges baby and because he's got a like a respect for his previous military commander he tries his hardest to give him an opening to get his son uh to get his baby out so he gives him a gun he shoots his wife in the face she's already dead right so pillow kills her because it's like i don't want you to have to deal with this i can't help you because you're technically already dead but i don't want you to be experimented on right so he kills her in like a a merciful way and then takes the bridge baby out so it's it's uh it's it's like this this tank that he's in that like attaches to the suit but anyway he just picks the whole thing up and is trying to escape and it goes through this whole you know cinematic scene of him trying to like find his way out of this facility and you know ever you know he turns one way and there's guards and he's just trying to maze his way out of here and he ends up getting cornered and shot and like wounded so and you know thinking back all the scenes that we're watching through a more cinematic view we have already seen through the eyes of bb throughout the game so you see him like he's got like blood on his neck or something Mm -hmm. and he's like panting heavily that's all you saw but now we're seeing like oh he got shot in the back and he's like crawling away and like trying to to bunker himself in the room and and make like a fighting chance right so he's got the the container with the bridge baby he's got his gun you know guards bust in and all that and he's still in that like you know uh wounded animal fate you know stage of like i'm still trying to protect himself and the baby so he does all he can think of at first and i think he puts the gun to the baby's head because it's like you know their 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 prized possession at this point right and Die Hardman comes in trying to get people to put their arm, their the guns down. Then Bridget Strand comes in, the president, with the mask that Die Hardman typically wears. So through this whole scene, by the way, Die Hardman has not had his mask on mm-hmm. because at the moment he's got nothing to hide and isn't ashamed of anything. Yeah. But Bridget comes in and she's got that mask on. Come on, Bridget. Right. She's like, shoot him. We got to protect the thing, and like we can't, we've come too far. Blah blah. All that, all the bad stuff, right? And in in a in a very quick moment where I think the focus comes off of Clifford Unger, basically Bridget is trying to get Die Hardman to shoot him. Maybe knowing, maybe not knowing the relationship between the two. The camera pans off of Unger, so you don't know what's happening for a moment. And then Die Hardman's got his gun up, like about to shoot, or like just in in the in the position to do so. And then Bridget grabs his hand and pulls the trigger for him. Yeah, and it shoots Clifford dead. And he and he like falls back, and then his arms open, and then the bridge baby comes out, not in the container. 
like he so when the the camera came away from him, he was like holding the bridge baby right and like took him out of the container which then makes it so he's not good, probably not going to survive but the bridge baby also got i think got shot also maybe not maybe he was just maybe he just fell out anyway so they freak out and bridget takes the kid and then leaves the scene i believe for a moment in that scene she she leaves we follow her and she goes basically it you find beach. out she goes to the beach but it's not her that goes to the beach it's her talking to her other self amelie who is already on the beach because big reveal amelie and bridget are the same person but they're two wow. halves they of don't the even look at the same <laughs> um <laughs> Basically, the I forget how it happened, but the extinction entity Bridget Strand somehow her physical self and her soul got separated, and her physical self is the president and is like aging and all that, and then the the uh, and then the the soul who is uh, Amelie lives on the beach. So every time we've been uh, interacting with Amelie, it's like that it's the other half of Bridget. Right. Right. So they just said, Oh, this is your daughter. They, they went with that story because they look so similar, even though it was a lie from the, from the beginning. Yeah. And people just believed it and people just believed it. So, but which, which is crazy because it was a lot of like, it was a lot of like, we're showing things through like pictures and videos and holograms. She never existed to begin with. It was like, a, Oh, I have a daughter, but she's in another state. Right. It was that kind of thing. So she's, she's, she's real. On the other coast. Yeah. She's real because I'm saying she's real. Who are you to question me? Because yeah. you truly don't know. She's three hours behind. It right. might be difficult to get a hold of her if you try. So just do it through me. It'll be easier. Now we go back to the beach with Amelie and a baby. And she does this thing where she basically like, because the, the, the bridge baby had an umbilical cord, it was in the tube. They were removed from the tube. And now they were going to start dying because they can't survive given how much they've ate they're, they're they haven't fully developed yet so she basically gives this baby the ability to what's called repatriate ding 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 yep and comes back to life and it turns out that this baby that clifford unger was holding the whole time was sam bridges yeah Woo! exciting <laughs> So now that's and and it, they kind of talk about because of how this has transpired. Sam's the only one or the first person that has the ability to repatriate because the extinction entity is the one that gave them the ability to do so. The game also yeah, says it's that weird like, because they make it sound like it's like a common thing that everybody's yeah. aware of exists, and they're like, "Oh yeah, dude, yeah, you're a yeah, you're you're repatriate." repatriate. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Nothing weird. You know, the the game says that like you can't die. You should deliver packages. <laughs> like the, you the, should really. The game kind of implies that by Amelie doing this to Sam in its his fetus form, that that event kicked off some other stuff. So because she did that, more bad things are happening. Like yeah. I don't know if it's like the BT, but like something specific. Basically, she set off like a chain event. 
but I can't remember what those things are. Anywho, so then uh, the reason everybody thinks that Sam is her kid is because the now that was the soul. Now we go back to the physical world. Bridget has a little baby that has now come back to life, and she raises that kid up as her son, who ends up being yeah. Sam. Yeah. One other cool scene that I really liked was when it goes to through a more cinematic view of Clifford Unger trying to make it through the the facility to leave with 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 Sam. Adult Sam finds himself there for a moment and gets a chance to talk to Clifford. Yeah. And then it then it confirms like, oh, you are my son and you know all that stuff. It was really cool. It's also really confusing of a story. Yeah, the whole story is yeah. All right, and I think I think we've covered everybody from there. Any any takeaways from? Uh, oh, I will I will say sorry. I <laughs> you're will apologizing. Say, that's what you're saying, or I'm saying I'm sorry, and that's it. Probably one of the equally coolest and disappointing final bosses of the game. That's hard big, to imagine there being like a real boss in this game. It wasn't because they weren't it's really not a heavy combat game. Yeah, yeah. Which I think that's why it was it was it was disappointing because it just to me it just filled time with having something cool to look at. Yeah. So I think I sent you a picture of the like little miniature figure in his private room of the big whale creature. Right. But the actual scene with it was so cool. It was like take those like um Infinity War or, or uh, uh big big whale things from um the the attack on new york i forget which avengers Marvel, i think avengers yeah. game yeah um whichever avengers movie it was the big whales that came through the portal like it was like yep. one of those like on stairs like a transport yeah yeah um it was like one of those but it was a bt it was it was huge it was amazing and you just shot it like a thousand times and then it went away i think there's like a big push in general with games like you have to have a final boss right like imagine yeah, a game like yeah. like if you don't have that even if it's an easy fight or, you know, and that was, whatever, but you got to have a final boss. It's a that was some game. of the meta jokes that Higgs, especially, I think was notorious for this was like, they, they'd Breaking break that fourth wall. wall without actually doing it. They'd like it just in the dialogue is like, Oh, you know, no, no guns, no, this, no, whatever, no respawns. We're just going to have a good old fashioned boss fight. Yeah. You know, but he's saying that to Sam, but that, right. that line was clearly for the audience. I could, I mean, I could see saying that to somebody before you beat the shit out of them in real life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, let's see here. The game has some really cool visuals. I mean, if you haven't played it, you got to go play it. They're about to come out with Death Stranding 2, or at least it's in development at the time of recording. It won't take long to make it. Just get a couple, yeah. 11 hours, I think, is how long it would take to Jeez make it. Louise. That's crazy. And and apparently Sam in this next one, it, the, the trailer showed him as like getting gray and stuff. So either a lot, of time, that. a lot of time has passed or he got hit with time fall. Both. Yeah, could be. He probably got hit with time fall and then aged, reverse aged. <laughs> and then he got old. So I think that's going to do it. So this ends our part two discussion of Death Stranding. If you haven't already, go listen to part one. Uh, it should be out now. I think here we need to announce our next game. Yeah. Our next game is, well, we've got our next game. Do you want me to just go for it? Go for it, dude. It's going to be Diablo 4. Woo! So that came out. I started playing it during launch. So that's going to be the next game. We both bought it. 
the night it came out for the early launch for people. So we both kind of jumped in on it. Just a little peek behind the curtain because I I I, I kind of like this stuff. We we actually recorded all of Diablo before we fully got into Death Stranding. So you know we've we've had that recorded and banked for a little bit. It's a little sneak peek into how how we took Diablo. It's it's pretty fun. It's it's a, it's a good game, even though I had some strong opinions about it. But uh, it was it was fun fun discussion. <laughs> oh man, let's wrap this up. All right, bye everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks so much for listening. That wraps up our discussion for Death Stranding. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know with a thumbs up, a comment, or sharing with your friends and family. If you're able to do so, play along with us. We'll post upcoming games to our socials and what games are up next at the end of each episode. This has been 321 Backlog by Alec and James. You can connect with us on any of our social media pages and by sending us an email at 321backlog at gmail.com. Until next time.